Good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. And the goal that we have is to provide our listeners with some really good information, some really good facts on on the, our local market. And to help me with that today, we have Assemblyman Jim Patterson of the 23rd District uh, representing yes. our area for um, at the state legislature. So this is going to be really a really good one because there's a lot of hot issues that are, are happening. Um, also to help, we have Sandy Darling, uh, realtor with Guarantee Real Estate. And Sandy doubles as the key contact for the California Association of Realtors to Assemblyman Patterson. So if, let's say, somebody like me came up with a brilliant idea and I was able to get it through the California Association of Realtors, they would give it to Sandy Darling to take to Mr. Patterson. Uh, and, of course, I haven't done that yet. I haven't come up with a brilliant <laughs> idea yet. <laughs> Still waiting. Oh, okay, but it will, it will happen. Hey, maybe we'll come up with some on this show today, because we're going to be bantering for about an hour, sure, uh, and we're going to be talking about housing, and more than likely, we'll come up with a brilliant idea. <laughs> um, Assemblyman Patterson, tell me first, where is Assembly District Twenty Three? What areas does it cover? Well, it's it's about <clears throat> two thirds of of uh, the city of Fresno, then uh, primarily northeast, northwest. It, uh, it takes all of Clovis uh, up into the foothills. Uh, I, I have the two parks that are burning now, by the way, right? The, you know, Kings Canyon and, and, and Sequoia. I had the Creek Fire <laughs> in my district as well, so I have been really busy on some of these fire issues, uh, especially the, the KNP fire because of what it was potentially doing to uh, Three Rivers, which, which the danger has passed and things are starting to at least come back to normal for Three Rivers to such a degree that, that, it, that it can. I got it, uh, and, and it's, it's a compact di- district. Uh, it, uh, the northern border is the San Joaquin River, and the southern border is about Ashland Avenue or so. Um, I have uh, crossed the 99 freeway uh, in, into the western part of, Fres- part of Fresno County. Uh, so is Madera County in no, it at all? No, I, my district ends at the San Joaquin River. So okay. basically, if you want to figure it out, it's it's really from the San Joaquin watershed to the Kings River watershed. All right. So I have that. I have Pine Flat Dam. I have Millerton Lake, and so another area that I'm heavily involved in is uh, our water infrastructure, the hydrology that the state has failed to maintain or grow. And and we're having some real issues with our with our with our farmers uh, because California has operated the reservoirs as if they don't exist. Quite frankly, Seven, 2017 and 2019 were were wet years. We had uh, uh, full reservoirs, and yet they just simply emptied them. Um, and here we are in the dry portion where we're supposed to have saved water. That's the very purpose of having the the bank account that's that are the reservoirs, and they're they're bone dry. So there's a lot of Wildfire issues, water issues, things of that nature we're dealing with. See, this is where realtors can help out. Even though we're not really involved with water, we are used to 
uh, having to save our money during the good times. The, the old thing about feast or famine, um, you know, a, a good realtor, an experienced realtor can go a month or two in between paychecks. So you got to know when you do get those paychecks to save a little, which is what it is with water too. Yeah. Well, the genius of our hydrological system is that uh, it has really over the generations uh, turned uh, major portions of California into productive uh, agriculture areas, but also productive uh, communities. Fresno is the city that agriculture built, and yet it's the fifth largest city in the state of California. And the interesting thing is here we are a perfect example of how agriculture and urbanization can work hand in hand and you don't see the city of Fresno going in and getting, you know, prime ag land and turning it into to city. But what we have done over time has been a partnership with agriculture, and it's, and it's really paid off. Uh, and, and yet the, the, the challenges are, are really serious, Don. I, I am very concerned for the future of California. I, I really am. I remember back in college, and yes, Sandy, that was a ways ago. <laughs> <laughs> Our geography professor at Fresno City College showing us how California was so blessed geographically. You've got these 14,000-foot snow-packed mountains that give us that watershed that supply the San Joaquin Valley, and it's, it's just a perfect watershed. Um, but somehow or another, that isn't working so well. But it was built for the boom and bust years. Go back in history a little bit. Remember, Central California flooded in the 50s. You can go back and see pictures of huge flooding. So what, what did the geniuses back, back in those days? I mean, we are the beneficiaries of their leadership 50 years ago. And so we have the, the California aqueduct. Uh, uh, we have the California uh, section of the hydrology and then the federal section of hyd hydrology. The best example of... Uh, uh, the federal is, would be um, uh, Millerton Lake, uh, Pine Flat Lake, the state water project, San Luis, those kinds of things. And so we have a, a, a whole collection, storage, save, move, and use. And yet what infuriates me and agriculture people in this area is that the powers that be in Sacramento, the bureaucracies and, frankly, the politicians – that don't seem to know any better uh, is that is that they're basically pulling the plug on the reservoirs when they're full. Doesn't matter that we that we're going to end up two three years down the road having a another dry year. So they're acting as if the 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 dry years don't exist, and so they empty the reservoirs. It goes out to the ocean, and we don't have any of it to save. And so there are really uh, some serious issues about how the state is operating. Uh, I, we're 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 trying to get some discussions and negotiations going on with respect to a major uh, water plan for Central California. It, it, we're going to try to get some more storage. I think we're going to probably end up following some acreage. It's going to be very hard. Uh, but, and, and then here's what the state does with respect to water. The state says to agriculture, well, you can't pump the underground out anymore. And if you pump the water from the underground, you're going to have to put it back in. And then they deny our agriculture people the surface water in the wet years to go fill up the underground aquifer. They're damned if they do and damned if they don't. 
And the University of California up in Berkeley, they got a water center that's really very good, did a big study on this. We're going to fallow a million acres. Uh, it's billions of dollars of lost uh, crop value and of, of uh, employment and jobs and taxation. It, it, it's going to devastate these smaller agriculture communities. Their, their unemployment rates will double and triple. Uh, it, it's, this is very serious over time. And quite frankly, if the powers that be in Sacramento really understood that, okay, we're going to have dry spells and we're going to have wet spells, they would operate these systems very, very differently. And one other thing, I, and I'm on water because I was dealing with it this morning, actually, uh, before coming over here. But um, the, the reality is we, n- we now have a, 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 a La Nina shaping up. We're gonna, it, there's a high probability we, we will have a wet October, and we're starting to see the weather patterns set up. Um, if that's the case, uh, here we go again. Boom, bust, and then save it, store it. But Wait a minute. What was your forecast? We will have a wet October? It's, I can't go too far because I'm not a weather, <laughs> weather man. <laughs> but it is, it is looking like, it is shaping up. Uh, and there is some indication that um, late October into November, we may start seeing uh, these uh, El Nino and La Nino effects. And bottom line is that's the periodic warming of the ocean. Uh, when that happens, it draws up the uh, the high concentration of uh, cloud formations in the southern part of the hemisphere and the southern part of California, and that's when you start to see uh, the uh, rain systems coming from from uh, the south southwest in, into the northeast, and, and and you'll see you know you see the weather people show, and then it's coming through. But again, this you can go back 500 years. California's had all kinds of these things. And so I think, and, and honestly, how we operate our, our, our water system has a great deal to do with whether or not we can have a robust uh, a housing uh, stock uh, because the, the politicians will say, you, we, we're not going to let you build any new houses unless you, you can demonstrate that you can get water. And yet at the same time, they don't give... Our water operators, City of Fresno and and others, the surface water necessary. Uh, so we're in a, we're in a we're in a bit of a dilemma here, and we're a lot of us are trying to work it out. Yeah, and so housing and water are really related, and, and we're going to talk more about that in the um, in the next yeah. segment. Well, I just learned that you know when you buy a new house, there's actually a faucet inside. You turn it on, and the water comes out. Yeah. Isn't that something? And we take it for granted sometimes. Yes, we do. With that, we do have to go to our first commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 KYNO. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio with us, we have Assemblyman Jim Patterson from Assembly District 23 along with Sandy Darling, uh, a realtor at Guarantee Real Estate and a manager there. And you do everything there, don't you? No. No. (laughs) I do do dishes occasionally. Well, there you go. Maybe you guys have too many parties. (laughs) That's a possibility. Um, First of all. Well, maybe that's because you're you're closing a lot of escrows, you know. Well, that's true, too. (laughs) That's a good thing. That's a good thing. So, Sandy, I think you have something you want to tell Assemblyman Patterson. Yes, Jim. On behalf of all of us, I want to thank you for sponsoring uh, and getting past AB 431. 
You know, you really work hard for, for the folks in, in your district, and this is a perfect example of that, where the property owners in the foothills and mountains were required to clear space by cutting down trees that were too close to the, to the homes, and yet they had to incur the cost of that, but, but they couldn't do anything with the, with the wood that mm -hmm. resulted from that. For you to have passed this bill to allow them to sell and use that wood has made a terrific difference in, for many, many people. And on behalf of all of those folks, because we have many friends in the foothills yes. and many realtors up there too, thank you so much for doing that for well, us. It, it's, um, I, I'm, I'm glad to have done it. I, uh, the idea came from a constituent, number one. So back before the Creek Fire, we were touring a lot of the area up there. And, and uh, you know, clearing the, def the defensible space is a real way of, of saving your property. Uh, and people who, ha who, with means, were able to do that. But I visited a person in a home. They had the means to do it. But then they said, Jim, see across the meadow there? Those people don't have the means we have. And, look, they can't do it. And so... We're, we might be safe, but their fire may jump to ours. So that it's patchwork, and, and he came up with a, with a suggested solution. Um, the bottom line is you clear to 300 um, feet. You can uh, take the, the, the larger trees down, and you can uh, uh, timber harvest them. You can sell them for, for the wood products, and you don't have to get a you know, $10,000, $20,000, $30,000 uh, permit to log we waived all of that it was a pilot project for a while it turned out to be successful it is now extended another four years and uh, the next session i'm going to try to get it to be permanent terrific so so did i hear you right that if somebody cleared the timber for the 300 feet prior to this bill they would have to get a permit to sell the the timber well just to I mean, just to cut them down, and just it was very, very expensive. So the an the short answer is yes. They 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 had to get a a permit, and it it, it essentially is the same kind of permit that the loggers would have to get, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that created real problems because it was like a twenty five or thirty thousand dollar price tag, just and so it was like I said, people with means wanted to save their homes. People without means, they just they just took the risks. And so what we did was we said, okay, you can turn uh, the, that uh, timber harvest into lumber and, and, and you can sell it at, without the fee as well. So all of the resources from that timber can go to reimburse the cost of having to cut those trees down. Right, and when you think about it, I had a one dead tree in my yard that was a hazard if I didn't get it removed. It was very expensive to get that one tree removed from my property. So when you think about many trees around a property, that expense it, it could have been tremendous if they didn't have a way to reimburse themselves. Well, the, little, the little secret that a lot of the folks up in Sacramento don't want to have to admit, uh, they actually voted for a small step toward uh, having uh, uh, being able to log and turn trees into lumber believe it I mean, I mean honestly we, we we shut down our our lumber businesses right and why because powers that be up there don't believe in thinning the forest and don't believe in 
sustainable uh, forest manage- management, forestry, or, or even a lumber industry. And, and, and so we now have, I think last time I looked, I, we had over 1,000 individuals in the state in these fire-prone areas uh, utilize it. Um, their, their homes are safer. They're helping their neighbors to be safer. And also, they, they, they didn't have to take a second mortgage out to do the thing, right? So it, it, it was a, a, a very uh, simple solution. Uh, we had to wrestle with uh, Sierra Club. They didn't want us to cut down any trees. But the, it became so obvious that it was a good idea that a lot of people that normally vote up there with Sierra Club voted against them on the bill because they opposed it. And we got it extended now for another four years. Uh, it, it, it was a good thing. And, you know, I appreciate saying thanks to me, but there, there, there was a person up there that said, I got a good idea, Jim. All I did was take notes. <laughs> well, I think it's wonderful that you can com- communicate with your constituents so that these ideas can flow. Yeah, last time I checked, that was the job description, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> so it, it's listening to the constituents, not so much the caucus. Ooh. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> moving on, Don. Depends which caucus. All right. Well, and I, uh, oh, I was going to say that when uh, Jim was talking about how it affected lumber for what the state was doing, um, we saw lumber prices escalate exponentially, and then the cost of housing went up again. Yep. So uh, with all of the requirements involved and all of the things that the builders have to go through, um, the builders were getting priced out of being able to build entry-level housing. And this was just one example of many that affected that. Do, do you, I'm, I'm talking to the folks that know this stuff, but I, I, I saw the other day, medium home, median home price in California is $800,000. Right. Thankfully in Fresno, Not here, thank right, goodness. Right, with about three fifty nine at this point, I think. Right, yeah. Depends so, what time frame you cover, but yeah. Well, I do. Th- I do think that if we're not very, very careful in Sacramento, uh, there are forces up there that really want to do away with single-family home zoning. They really do, and and it, they. It, there were a couple of. There was a couple of. There was a bill I supported. One I didn't. Uh, I supported uh, SB nine because it was. Uh, it basically said, like to the city of Fresno, if you d- did want to to do some. Uh, in, uh, increased uh, density zoning inside, you'd, we'd give you permission, but you still had to go through the process of going to the city council and having. Then uh, SB nine, uh, I I could not support because it was a, a a requirement. It basically dictates the city. There there's no uh, administrative review, and so if somebody wants to take their single family home down split the the lot stack and pack in a in a a neighborhood otherwise single family homes they can basically do it as a, as a right and the city of Fresno's got nothing to say about it that's going to create some so the reason I voted for 10 was because I think that's a reasonable permissive effort to try to uh be able to have you know the you know, the, the granny flats, and uh, I, 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 people are going to take advantage of that, but they're going to have to go through processes, and they're going to have to go through permits and, you know, and those kinds of things. And so I think we've got to be very, very careful in the uh, intense need for housing that we do not do the kinds of things that damage the fundamental 
housing uh, that is that is so self-evident. It is the entry-level three-bed, three-bedroom, two-bath that provides people an opportunity to get into housing and then be able to, you know, have the equity and then buy, buy up and, and and expand. People have asked me, Jim, what are the what are the couple things you really are concerned about and you really think are holding people back in California? And I will say it this way. One, a really good education. And I mean an education that, first of all, recognizes that the universities, the city colleges, they need to create courses and scheduling that is friendly to the student, not to the professor. What do I mean? Weekend uh, uh, online uh, uh, classes, uh, uh, evening classes. Uh, 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 right now, the universities basically say to the students, you're going to have to do it our way. And oftentimes, that, I- that is a, a, an impediment. The other thing is we need school choice. People need to be able to say, I want to take my kids over there because that's a C-tech. That's a, a, a career technical education. The idea that people have to get a four-year degree in something or other that may or may not be valuable, and yet you've got a big-sized uh, debt I mean, we are short truck drivers. We are, we are short everybody in the supply chain. These are very, very good jobs. And so technical education and school choice and particularly, I think, the opportunity for a really good education that is tailor-made for, for an individual comes from the community colleges. You look at what City College is doing. BJ got his, all of his uh, certifications to be a plumber there. Um, Clovis Community College is creating a uh, technical, uh, they're breaking ground on a big piece of technical building that's going to be magnificent. Uh, And then the other thing, you get a really good education, and then you buy a home. A good education and home ownership, that's the pathway from from getting out of, uh, you know, uh, historic uh, poverty and, and, and into the middle class and beyond. And unfortunately, uh, our education system oftentimes is failing our kids. Uh, Some school districts do it very well. I think Clovis is an example. But I think there are huge challenges at Fresno Unified uh, that that I think they're kind of glossing over. And also the idea that that home ownership cannot be so far out of the reach of people, ordinary people, that we are creating a perpetual class of renters. And that's a a serious issue as well. And I just don't see activity up in Sacramento that recognizes, uh, I mean, Governor Newsom says he's all for, the, for, for these kids in, in uh, community colleges, and we're going to help them every time we can. I was a co-sponsor. The whole legislature, Democrats and assembly people, uh, got a bill to his desk through both houses to his desk that would have raised the grants for community college education. And he vetoed it. Now, he, he, that, he just sentenced a lot of kids from Southeast Fresno, Southwest Fresno, people that, you know, uh, some of our families that are farm worker families, and they, they, if they can get that grant, they go to, to a community college, they get a skill that's technical, that, it, that is the marketplace goes to it and pays them, you know, good money to do it. Uh, and the governor vetoes it. I, I, I am very concerned.
that we're saying we care about educating kids, but what what we're really doing is seeding the education of our kids to the bureaucracies in the in the in the school administration, the labor unions, and anything that moves education away from the institution and toward the student and the family. It seems like we we have to fight it all the time. Well, and you know the the National Association of Realtors did a study on this. And we have talked about the only way to develop generational wealth is through home ownership. It really is the American dream. And I don't recall the exact statistics, but I have a sense of the comparison. And the comparison of the study was that if you have rented, like all of your adult career, your net worth is about $1,500, maybe $2,000 as a general average. If you've been a homeowner, your net worth is exceeds 20000 So the dichotomy between the two is so huge that that is one of the reasons why we are, find it so important to get our young families and our young people yes. into home ownership so they can have a chance to develop that. We've got to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about the difference between when Sharon and I were married and when my kids were married, and the consequences of the policies in the state to home ownership. It's a huge difference, and I want to talk about that when we come back. All right, and remember, no kid goes to bed at night and dreams of being a renter all their life. They dream of owning their own home, the American dream. With that, we're going to our next commercial break. Stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, and we're in a beautiful autumn Saturday morning. And here in the studio, we have Sandy Darling, realtor with guarantee, manager with guarantee, and you said dishwasher with guarantee real estate. <laughs> All right. And also Assemblyman Jim Patterson. I bet you don't have that wide of a job description as Sandy. <laughs> Well, when I come home from Sacramento, uh, Sharon does give me a rather long list of to-dos. And every now and then, it's washing the dishes. So we all roll up our sleeves and do what we need to do. That's right. Now, I know you and Sharon, your wife, have uh, been married a long time and (laughs) have have, um, bought a home a long, long time ago. Tell us about the Patterson ride through home ownership. I, I am here today uh, having a 25, 30-year history of actually owning and operating radio stations. I have been able to have the freedom to do some of the political things that I've wanted to do, Mayor Fresno and now up in the legislature. I attribute all of that to home ownership. Really? Yes, and I, I'll tell you our story. What would home ownership have to do with a career? Uh First of all, we were married at uh, at 19. Yes, very young. I forget, I think we're celebrating 54 years this Congratulations. June, Congratulations. coming up June 70. My, anyway, of course you know you married a saint. I uh, my <laughs> everybody tells me Jim, the only reason that you were able to win <laughs> elections was because Sharon was with you. <laughs> She's my secret weapon. I adore her. Uh, she, she She's really, a lovely person. Yeah, and so we we uh, we were married. We moved down to Fresno. I was managing a radio station here. Sharon was working at the railroad, and we at 20 years old, we were able to buy a three bed, a four bedroom, two bath home, step down living room, 
$16,500 back then. Uh, and I was, I, I actually was, I was fired from the radio station that I was managing back then. They changed the format, right? It happens all the time. And I remember sitting at our kitchen table and, I, and Sharon and I were saying, you know what? We've been making money for other people in radio stations. Let's go do this ourselves. And what asset did we have? We had a home. It had a good amount of equity. We used it, made the down payment on our first radio station, and then we got you know stations in Boise and stations in Bakersfield and other places. Over the years, it opened a door of opportunity for me. It opened a door of uh, equity building, uh, and today we you know we're we, we so we I think we've been in our home over forty years off of Fruit and Herndon. Uh, and um, it, so it, it's a wonderful house, but it's also a home. And I remember Sharon, when she wanted that home, she just felt like God wanted it for us. And we were at a time where, oh, it's a little out of our league or a little. And I remember when we, when we, when we find, it, it was on the market for a while, finally came up, we bought it, and Sharon went into every room and just said a little prayer blessing we did that, you know. We had one one child then, two more were coming, and that's been so. It's a home, it's a house, but it is a home as well, full of memories. But it, what that home that we first bought became the pathway that gave us the kind of living, the kind of freedom, and the kind of opportunity that I'm enjoying today. Now I want to counter that with my three kids. It took them a decade from the time they were married until they could get their first home. It took us like a year and a half. What's the difference? A decade of lost equity growth. And why is that? It's because over time, California made it increasingly costly, increasingly difficult. Uh, and I don't know what our grandkids, if we don't, fix this supply and demand, particularly on entry level and move up housing stock, I, I, I don't know, but what my grandkids are going to, it's going to take them 15, 20 years to get a house. Th th this is really a significant change in the opportunity state that California once was. And I appreciate realtors continue, and you're very, I've told you this before, you're very influential up in Sacramento. By that I mean you scare a lot of folks up there because you're, you you are insistent. I'm in a in a very friendly way. You make a a strong case, and you are not afraid of going into elections and saying, "Well, look, we're sorry. There's got to be some people here that understand this. We're in a supply demand issue, and right, we've got to have people up in Sacramento that understand this, and and so that you're highly respected, very very effective up there, and uh, I'm I'm hoping that we'll start to see not only the supply of uh, high-density apartments, but I sure hope we start to see uh, a, a, a getting away from this uh, bias against three-bedroom, two-bath house. I mean, here's what Fresno did. Fresno decided it was going to kind of close up its uh, its development property, right? It, 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 back in the Swearingen administration, they sort of drew a, 
line around Fresno, right? And, I, and they're now looking at that plan and saying, well, that really didn't work. And they were saying, well, we don't want sprawl, and so we're not going to build. Well, guess what happened? The very thing that they were denying Fresno happened in Clovis. It happened in Sanger. It happened in Selma. It happened, it, go look at across the river in southern Madera County. And so you, you saw a period of time now where Clovis permits were as high or, or maybe higher than Fresno permits for, for, home, for housing, for homes. And so we're, we're really playing a dangerous game here of politicizing, picking winners and losers with respect to the kind of housing we think is moral. And so we've got, we've got people up in Sacramento who think there's immoral housing. Oh, that three-bedroom, two-bath, and a subdivision because it's sprawl. And then there's moral housing. Uh, stack and pack along 41 and put people in high-rise apartments and in you know, 1,200-foot condominiums for $400,000. You don't gain significant equity in a, in a, in a condominium of 1,200 feet that you paid $500,000 for. So there is a real imbalance with supply, demand, and with the kind of housing people want. People make decisions with their feet now because if you can't get entry-level affordable three-bedroom two-bath house with a backyard and you know so you can barbecue and have a little garden and, and enjoy a little space you're going to go out of fresno and you're going to find it in clovis you're going to find it in san you'll, you'll go across the river and what have we got we got the very sprawl that some of the politicians said they want to do away with that is dinkering with the marketplace and the consequences become obvious now uh, by the way, to the credit of Mayor Dyer and others, they're trying to modernize and maybe do some, some fixing on that general plan so Fresno becomes a little more competitive in uh, entry level and, and move up housing. It's all about supply and demand. You know, you got to hand it to the American spirit, and spirit is an intangible thing. I don't know that it's something you can legislate or dictate to, um, and that's exactly what you're talking about. Um, when legislation said this is what you got to buy, the American spirit said, "Hmm, I'll go to Sanger, <laughs> I'll, I'll go to Clovis and, and, and or Madera." And so, people, there's a demand for housing, a, a dream of housing, and I don't know that it can be legislated. So, um, well, I, you know, I, I've, I've talked about this here before. Uh, uh, we have to get away from this idea that government commands and controls and it's politicians who know better than the general public. And that's what you're seeing in Sacramento. What we need to get back to is free people in a free society, in a free economy, being given options, competition, and choice. And when those things happen, great things happen for individuals and for people. When government gets into the middle of it, uh, everything kind of slows down. I, we now have regulatory and price scarcity in California and almost all of the necessities of life. In other words, you're, you're being asked to use less water, but it's going to cost you a whole lot more. We're being told we're going to have to use less electricity, but it's going to cost a whole lot more. We're being told that uh, you, 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 we're going we're gonna to tax the miles you drive because we want you out of the car and into, you know, uh, buses and, and, and transporta uh, other kinds of transportation. Th this is foolishness at the highest 
level and it's command and control and it does absolute war with free people and a free society and a free economy that have options, choices, and competition. Well, and it's drastically affecting the quality of life in the state of California. And the realtors are painfully aware of it. And one of the things we've been actively involved in is housing affordability and creating opportunities for more affordable housing through bonuses and, and uh, requesting or, or thinking of tax credits for affordable housing being built, things to incent the uh, building community to be able to build homes that people can actually entry level and um, our firefighters, our police officers, our teachers yeah. can afford to buy a home in their own communities. Yeah. Um, and we've been very active on that front. It's very challenging to get through to the legislature about how important and how valuable that is. And you would think they would understand it because they're very, they're very um, much from the northern and southern, the highly populated areas of the state where it's yeah. even more impacted. Well, again, I, I think that's where uh, the importance of the realtors and your activity up in Sacramento. You are not only advocating for yourselves, but you are advocating for Californians in one of the most important areas of, of life and, and, and potential for prosperity, and that is home ownership. Keep up the fight. You're, you're fighting a righteous battle for people that we'll never know, we'll never meet, we'll never know their names. But if we're successful at it, they'll be in homes and they'll have equity, and that's a blessed thing. And thank you for you keeping up the fight because I know you, you work hard at representing our, our area. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host with Assemblyman Jim Patterson here, along with Sandy Darling, the key contact for the California Association of Realtors with Assemblyman Jim Patterson. And our intro music there, I like to call it the walk-up music, uh, <laughs> was the house that built me. And uh, you... That was cool. Yeah. You, Mr. Patterson, are one of the biggest advocates. You said earlier in the show how... Your first home helped build you, uh, your career, because you had, and I'm going to quote you here, um, you did not lose the equity growth by delaying your purchase. You purchased early. You bought an entry-level home. It had equity growth. You were able to turn that the, into yeah, a career. The only, um, you know, the, the only uh, thing I might have done a little differently I might have stretched our ability to get into the home. I, I think we, would, we by stretching that ability and maybe taking a, a little more home than maybe Sharon thought we could afford, I, re I, I, I really think given our experience, that would have even grown the equity even more. People have to stretch though. When you go from renting to home ownership, from non-commitment to commitment, it feels like a stretch. And I'll give you my story. Yeah. I, I bought my first home, I was in escrow, qualified for the loan, I had the down payment, and then I chickened out. <laughs> and my uncle said, no, 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 don't chicken out, do it. I said, well, uh, what if I lose my job? My uncle brought out a good point. Well, I'm your boss, <laughs> you're gonna lose your job. <laughs> but anyway, long story short, he went in partners with me because I lacked the big C, 
confidence. Yeah. I la- uh, okay, I was 24 years old. I lacked that confidence. He went in partners with me on a $44,000 purchase. Still own that home today. It's now worth probably $350,000. And, um, uh, of course, at some point bought my uncle out. But, you know, he he made $15,000 when uh, profit, and I don't think he ever went in the home. But he gave yeah. me the confidence yeah. to buy it. I, you know, we I, Sharon and I saw firsthand uh, how people treasure and feel about their homes. Um, there was a fire on our block, right? Uh, a lot of there was a lot of coverage on it. I mean, it was I don't know a couple of months ago, and you know we're on that stretch of Tealman north of um, north of Herndon, and I remember w- walking out my front door, looking three houses down and seeing two homes engulfed in fire on my block. I thought, holy, one was a two-story, one was a, one was a single. I, I knew the one in the single story, they, they had moved in, they were new neighbors uh, about a year, year and a half, and the other one, the two-story, uh, the, the sword outs, we knew, I mean, we, we knew them for 35 years because they were moved in a little after we did and, and all of that. And so I had a close-up view of people losing their homes and they were their families were huddled and gathered around outside the house weeping over their loss and the firefighters were there sweating and working hard and gasping for air because and you know the call came in at five o'clock uh, by six thirty, the the, the the fire was out they saved the neighborhood and yet here were people that they didn't just lose the house they lost the home and i remember the our friends 35 years uh the firefighters were literally asking them where do you what memorabilia and things do you want to save and our fresno firefighters were going in there pulling stuff out the next door neighbor opened up their garage they stored it all in there I, I watched as people who loved each other and loved their homes and loved their neighbors stood up to that, to that difficulty. And lo- losing a home, yep, you lose some equity, and, you know, I suppose. You lo- but, you know, but you're losing a, a, a place of memory and love. And, 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 um, and so, look, I, I'm going to continue to do all I can. I know the realtors are going to do everything we can because over time if we actually can break down the supply and demand issue so that we get more supply the supply is gonna gonna uh, bring down the cost uh, the cost will open it up to more people and and I would I would hope that at the same time uh, California would be a whole lot more uh, generous with down payment assistance programs and helping people to buy down uh, the costs those kinds of things I think that is a real possibility and yet we didn't see a lot of that in this legislature um i think we need to do more if we're going to help people with a whole lot of other things in life and we've got billions of dollars of cash in the in the city uh, in the state we ought to be figuring out some ways to make make that down payment make that stretch uh a little bit easier in the long term it will pay dividends back to the state that are m- much more uh, significant than, you know, a few thousand dollars helping on a down payment. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Love that idea of a down payment assistance program. I think that is what holds back many renters is uh, maybe they can't save that three and a half percent that they need because uh, it's 10,000 bucks to buy a average home uh, for a down payment. Uh, and then there's closing costs on top. So what, whether it's down payment assistance or an assistance with the closing costs, uh, that would be timely in this market. It used to be you could get uh, closing cost coverage from the seller, but the market's so yeah. hot, sellers don't need to do that. Yeah, on the federal on the federal level, uh, the housing uh, uh, urban department HUD, um, at least it was this way back when I was mayor, uh, I still think they do. They provide a, a, a great deal of HUD uh, housing development money. Uh, I know back when I was mayor, we had down payment assistance programs in the city of Fresno. My guess is they probably still have them, although I, I, I don't know that for sure. But those ideas have, become, have been real in, in my public life experience in times past. There are some that are still out there, but they're not meaningful or impactful. Yeah. Uh, so they need to be juiced up. Um, Good point. And maybe that's something, hey, maybe that's the brilliant idea that we'll come up with from this show is some statewide statewide money down payment assistance program yes, yes. we're going to go to work remember on remember the old chaffa loans absolutely <clears throat> well and here's the thing the rents have gotten so high uh, again because of the law of supply and demand for that type of housing that the tip many of the renters can afford the payment for owning a home it's just they don't have the cash down payment mm -hmm. So if we can get those people helped where they can get into a home, and actually it'll end up being less because of the tax shelters involved in home ownership. So, yes, I think we should go to work. Uh, our example, you, 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 get it, you get in young, you, you, you get to the entry level, and then jobs go well, and you want, then kids come along. Uh, and so for the, uh, our, we're, our homes have about paid off it. Uh, 40, 30 year, 30 year loan, I think, whatever it was. Um, our principal and interest payment is nine hundred dollars a month on about three thousand square feet. That's right. less than the rent would be. Oh, oh on okay. a two bedroom, it, it, one yeah. bath, right? Apartment. So apartment. Yeah. If, if and also the best one of the best investments as a hedge against price-driven and policy-driven scarcity uh, is, to, is to own a home. You, you're, 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 you're locking in a, a price to, of, of your living space over time, and particularly with these low interest rates, a significant amount of your payment now goes to the principal, and you're getting the principal bought down earlier. True. And so... You know, th there's a lot of benefits to this. And uh, uh, that's what my uncle told me. And this was many years ago when I bought that first home. He was, before he went in partners with me, he tried to give me the confidence and the motivation to do it on my own. But he said, this is your hedge against inflation. He said, with minimum wage <laughs> going up from a buck 65 to, you know, $2, he said, we're going to have inflation. Things are going to go up. But if you can lock in with yeah. that fixed rate mortgage, you're going to do well. Well, and right now, especially uh, where there's such an effort to keep that 
uh, interest rate low. We're talking historic low interest rates, 3%, 2.75, three and a quarter. It's just um, yeah. fabulous. Well, I, again, Sharon and I are in that time where uh, we just uh, we have a paid we have a paid up car. Uh, uh, we've been Acura owners for forever, and we've got a, a, a RDX. It's uh, you know, and we're gonna we're gonna end up. Uh, the house is gonna be paid off. The, the we we paid the car off because of these interest rates. Uh, it it was point nine percent on my on my car. And Sharon would come in and she would she said, "Look how much of the car payment is going to buy down the." And so we decided part of what we were going to do is to is to hedge against the high price of, of of new cars and used cars and look at them today. By the way, by by keeping that car, it's got you know it's Sharon's car. It's in beautiful shape. She put thirty five thousand miles on it, and <laughs> we're going to ride off into the sunset. You know, when we retire, the two little. Aged lovebirds in a paid-off car. <laughs> I'm serious. You're, You're still going to be our assemblyman, though, right? <laughs> I'm termed out in 2024. Okay. And I'll, I'll, I, I don't think I'm riding off into the sunset yet. I just, I just, I can't, I, I can't, uh, I don't think I can be waking up in the morning and asking Sharon, uh, do, do I, do I garden, play golf, or bowl today? I'm too. I, I, I enjoy this too much. Yeah. Yeah, oh, and you're so good at it. Well, thank you. you do so have good a good mind. <laughs> Don't waste it. <laughs> That's what my fifth grade teacher told me. <laughs> you have a good mind. Don't waste it. With that, we do have to say goodbye for today, but we will be back again next week. We have a, a really good show planned for next week with Zach Dara of the Pavarello House and Tommy Smith, Realtor with Realty Concepts. And we're going to be talking about homes and homelessness so thank you to all our listeners for tuning in and thank you to our two guests for coming in today and sharing your experiences appreciate everybody i appreciate the invitation i always like to be with my friends thank you i enjoy being with you (laughs) thanks all right bye-bye and see you next week i won't see you but i'll hear you all next week